he speaks fluent Klingon. Backwards. The best story he's ever told was to himself. Of the two women he slept with in his life, one fell asleep, the other thought he was someone else. Dogs take him for walks. He is the world's most semi-interesting man. I don't often smoke, but when I do, I only choose Vista Vapors. Visit them today at tinyurl.com slash p3vista. Keep it flavorful, my friends. Welcome to P3 Radio. <laughs> oh, my God. Demolition, we're coming for you, baby. <laughs> and if you're going to call me back tomorrow, whatever, I'll give you. You better believe I took my turn with this. <laughs> what? Cool story, bro. PG3 Radio. Here's your host, Josh Friday. I wonder when Fritz is coming up sometime. Yeah, well, all three of his sons will real soon. Richard Mulligan. I don't know. Is this making any sense to anybody out there? It's showtime! It's showtime! It's showtime! Ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the P3 Hotline right now, we have an author, an MMA aficionado. Uh, he's a great timekeeper, and that's actually how I met him at Black Tie and Boxing. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us right now, Charlie Dykstra. Charlie, thank you for being on P3 Radio today. It's an honor to be here. Uh, good to see you all again since Black Tie Boxing the other night. And real quick before we get started, I just got to say one thing. In the course of my work over the years with MMA, I have done everything from sweep the floors to be the ISK rep, the promoter, or whatever. I've done every job in MMA, and the hardest job in MMA is the announcer, <laughs> and you did an incredible <laughs> job the other night. Well, thank you. It's funny you say that because we were sitting there, and I am not an MMA guy. I, you know, I followed wrestling, and I, a lot of these names I didn't know. I, you know, I respect the sport. That's not part of it. I just, I just don't know it. And I, the reason why I called you an MMA aficionado, because I'd be sitting there and going, what, what just happened there? And you'd say, oh, that, that's a heel lock. You're just a really good, knowledgeable MMA guy. And like I said, I leaned on you heavily through black time boxing, both of them. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, I can tell you the crowd had no clue that you were not an MMA guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. So you've got a book coming out, and it is on one Jonathan Ivey, who they call the Leg Lock Monster. How did you get hooked up with Jonathan Ivey? Well, my first encounter with him, ironically, was, uh, as I call it, my first and second encounter was the night I met the monster and then the night I met the man, because he is two different people. I was uh, actually cornering for one of my fighters in um, a show in Clarksville at the SSF event, and my guy won real easy, but there was this ref, and of course, I didn't know at the time, this was Jonathan Ivey. This ref comes in the cage, and he is just thick layers of muscle, tattoos all over his body, all gold teeth, and uh, no neck. Uh, and I just said, wow, that is the meanest looking ref I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, when my fighter won, he won by ground and pound. He just slammed his opponent down and was wearing him out. But my fighter was a very tense, emotional person, and he got so caught up in the moment that when Jonathan Ivey stopped the fight, he didn't stop. He would have never done that on purpose, but he was just so caught up he didn't hear him. And Jonathan Ivey grabbed my fighter, and this guy weighed about 200 pounds, and he threw him 
all the way across the cage. Uh, he hit the chain link in front of me and bounced off of it. And <laughs> I was in shock. Uh, the first thing I said was, hey, that ref just threw my fighter at me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got tickled, uh, busted out laughing, and I asked them, I said, where did they get that ref? And they said, well, that's the leg lock monster. And they had to explain to me, you know, that he has world records for MMA fighting and such things. Well, the next SFF, uh, excuse me, SSF show, I was just in the crowd. I just bought a ticket, and uh, it was an outdoor show. They did not mention that. It was at a nightclub, and it was outside out back. I was freezing, and I went over to a T-shirt stand, and I bought some layers and <laughs> got warm that way, and I bought these uh, these shirts. Me and a friend of mine, Michael Fox from Camden, Tennessee, who's also an MMA, and the shirt said, Leglock Monster, and then it said, shut your mouth and save your teeth. So we put these shirts on, and we're sitting there in the crowd. And in the dark, before the show starts, this guy comes up. And he was huge, but he was very humble. We couldn't see him in the dark. And uh, he shook our hands, and he said how much he appreciated us buying the shirt. So I just assumed it was the guy that owned the T-shirt, Sam. And then, of course, when the fight started, the referee was Jonathan Ivey. And we figured out that this humble, soft-spoken, kind-hearted guy was Jonathan Ivey. So we kind of saw the two ends of him there, the monster and the man. Yeah, the guy looks like a monster. I mean, when I was looking him up, like like I said, I don't follow MMA as much, but when I was looking at like some of his fights that I hadn't seen before, and I'm sitting there going, good gosh, this guy's huge. I mean, just, a, just and it looks like it's just all natural. He literally looks like an action figure or something. Some right. guy you'd see on a video game or something. Right, I mean, it's unreal. A, yeah, he's he's legit. For his frame, he just has way just massive layers of muscle. He cannot put his hands behind his back and touch his hands together. And he's actually, though, if you see him from a distance, you get this imposing figure, and you think he's six and a half feet tall, but he's actually not even six foot tall. Very low center of gravity. It's very hard to take him down. Uh, as we got to be friends, I actually used to wrestle him. There's just no way you can't choke him because there's no neck. <laughs> but I guess I had a good practice dummy for him anyway. How did you go about getting into the MMA business? Uh, well, back when I was a kid, there was no MMA. You know, it was uh, just coming out as it was called no holds barred back then. Of course, it was bare knuckle. That was maybe illegal. And MMA kind of evolved from that. They compromised with the, the lawmakers and came up with MMA. Back in those days, there was no MMA around my area. But I was always a big martial arts fan. Later on, whenever I was a little bit older, I got these three tumors. They were non-cancerous, but they laid me up for about three years. Oh, wow. When I got back healthy again, MMA had formed. And a friend of mine took me to a little gym in Camden, Tennessee. And... Uh, he shot his mouth off <laughs> that I was a martial artist, you know, and the fighter that was in the ring and invited me in. And uh, we actually wanted to friends later. I beat him twice back to back and they went and got their best guy in the gym and put him in with me. And we went to a draw and I learned that he was a lot younger than me because <laughs> my lungs about collapsed with him. <laughs> and uh, in, I wound up the grappling coach for that little gym. And then it was just one thing after another. Like I said, I, I literally volunteered to sweep floors in the MMA shows, help put up the cage. And a lot of times people will come in, I know because when I've been a promoter, people come in with this wanting to take over things. They'll come mm -hmm. in and present how great they are, how much experience they have. I just told the fellow I'd help out. And the first show, I literally swept the floors. Second show, I put up the cage. And uh, 
timekeeper, ref, judge, and then one day what happened, he uh, he got sent to Iraq, and then he left a committee of eight people and asked me to be on it to run an MMA show. And you had seven people who were cocky enough to say they could do it, who when it came to all that work and all the effort behind these shows is just unreal. Right. They all walked. And I wound up doing it, and then uh, my friend Michael Fox, I got him to jump in and help. So I, I ran that promotion for a while, and then I wound up doing my own and just kind of went from there. And then last year, I was asked by the uh, ISKA to be a representative. That's the sanctioning body who goes to the shows and makes sure everything goes smooth according to rules. Nobody's cheating and all such right. things. How many years do you think all total you probably have in MMA now? Whew. Well, um, that's a good one because I guess it depends on what uh, when you really want to start counting MMA. Back when it was no holds barred, uh, you could watch the early UFCs. I, I love those, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you'd have too. judo guy fighting a karate guy. Well, technically that was MMA, and technically both those guys would get killed now <laughs> you <Right>. know, because <laughs> MMA has just evolved. And um, so if you go back into the martial arts days, I've got about my lifetime. And uh, and then if you move on up into mixed martial arts, minus the three years I was down sick, uh, pretty well as soon as martial arts became legal, which would be somewhere around after the turn of the century, for amateurs, that is, right. 1990s for pros. So all of those years minus the three years I was down sick. So I would guess somewhere in the neighborhood of 27 years. In the wrestling business, when we're traveling that close together, you have to keep it light. Even if it's playing a prank on somebody, if it's joking with somebody, but you have to keep it light because you're killing yourselves out there, especially for the guys that's on the independent scenes. So they do things that they call ribs, which are basically like little pranks on each other. Some of it's very, very major in property damage and people get into fights over these things. <laughs> What's something that you saw that you just laughed and you were like, that's probably one of the greatest backstage pranks ever? It would probably be one I actually meant to be a, a very small prank. And due to uh, technical difficulties, it got a little bigger. I was taking an entire team to a show at uh, Loretta Lynn's. And we were showing up with a van to take all the team. And a lot of the fighters in this area, you know, they were young. They didn't have much money. They didn't own cars, you know. So we don't, we just bought a van and we would haul them all. So I got a text message from one and he said, how soon will you be there? Well, that's about five minutes away. And uh, I text back and said, well, I'm at Laura Lynn. Like the entire team has just missed the show, you know, and uh, <laughs> my phone went dead oh. just as I text because I was fixing to send an LOL. And uh, so we smoked it, me and Fox. Uh, we flew to the gym after I did that. And when I got there, it was a lynch mob. <laughs> <laughs> That was definitely one of the ones that probably was the furthest out of hand. Um, and, you know, I was the coach, so they, they got okay with it. I know in wrestling, it drives me crazy to see a guy that has all the tools that can be that number one guy, but you see that he has a pot belly. And, you know, we're not mm -hmm. talking about like a normal independent show around here. We're talking about a WWE show. Or somebody, you know they're making six figures at least. And you right. look at them and you go, you can't you can't do some cardio? Does that drive you crazy? Because I know you probably see it a lot on the MMA circuit. Yeah, wasted potential is, is just horrible. I cannot remember the famous guy that made the line, anything worth doing is worth doing, right? Right. I, I guess these people, that they've already got a name made for themselves, and they just kind of coast, and that is so sad. 
Right. Uh, and, and I've seen it in all occupations, but when you see it in something that big, it's extra sad. What would you say is the worst injury that you've ever seen while working an MMA show? Uh, that's pretty easily a case of it was, I don't know if you'd say like a training or what. There was this fella, he was just ripped and muscled up. He was in there with somebody that was clearly rookie, untrained. You know, this fight never, should have never happened. The promotion's now out of business to put this in. So if you can picture this big muscled up monster just beating the brakes off at will, a, a short, stocky, ordinary guy off the street. And I was prepared to see a tragedy. Surprisingly, the tragedy didn't happen to the guy I thought it was going to happen to. The dude just in desperation tried to do a double leg takedown, which is, you, you know, you just kind of get your, your hands hooked behind the knees and uh, shoot the legs out from under him. Right. And the fighter, who was clearly better, leaned his body weight forward. And when the boy picked him up, he was going to slam him. And this guy crossed his legs. And I have no clue why in the world anybody would do that. Because, you know, it's one of the first things you learn, never cross right. your legs when right. something like that happens. So if you can imagine sitting Indian style but being slammed from over somebody's head on your legs. And I heard what I thought was a gunshot. And I was standing next to a guy that had, he was really rough. He'd been to prison and he knew all about, you know, the rougher world. And I said, did I just hear a gunshot? And he said, no, you just heard a compound fracture. Oh, Yikes. God. You want me to tell you, Joshua, Charlie is probably one of the most dangerous people ever. Go ahead. All right. So he is the calmest, <laughs> nicest guy ever. I mean, and that's the ones you got to watch out for. They can, like, rip your throat out? Yeah, just, like, roadhouse style, grab your throat, just grab it and pull it right out. But here's the cool thing about it. Charlie doesn't come off as one of those cocky, arrogant, like, hey, man, what you doing, little guy? You know, anything like that. He's very friendly. Right. He's very easy to talk to. And if you were just to talk to him on the street or, like, at an MMA show at Cage Side doing announcing, you would think this guy's really nice but you don't see him as that that fighter type and that's why he's probably the most dangerous man in this area <laughs> exactly it's ironic that you say that because i've actually been yelled at by fighters before because when we're in there sparring they say i wish you would quit smiling <laughs> <laughs> well that was always my kind of mantra too i was six three now i'm not a fighter don't get me wrong i'm not a fighter i'm probably gonna just talk to you and make jokes until everything's cool but uh, I was 6'3", I was big, you know, and if you didn't know me, it, I looked a little rough. But that was my thing. I was always the happy-go-lucky guy, and I, I don't like being that guy that's angry all the time. I can't see the enjoyment in that. Well, you remember what Mr. Miyagi said. Why would you fight? You might get hurt that way. It's always something, uh, and he, he mentions Mr. Miyagi. If you recall, Mr. Miyagi in the movie taught the reason to no karate is so you don't have to fight. Right. Exactly. The beauty of being well-trained is that you're ready if something happens. And for that reason, you'd be surprised how many fights you avoid. Because people looking for a fight are usually looking for a pushover. Right. And when you can carry yourself with confidence, and you know, that's not what they're looking to fight. You talked earlier about UFC of the old days, and you kind of had a gleam in your eye. I could hear it in your voice. We watched a lot of UFC back in the days when they didn't have weight classes, you know, and it was just fighter versus fighter. I think they had maybe three rules. It was no fish hooks, no nut shots, and no eye gouge. Right. Now that you have athletic commissions kind of taking the sport over and you have the problems with CTE that are going to probably put more sanctions on it like it does with wrestling, 
that aside, do you miss the old days more, or do you think that we're moving in the right direction with how we've got it now? Um, I honestly found the old days more interesting because you were actually looking at a clash of cultures. You know, you had this wrestler from who knows what country going against this judo guy from Japan, and it was so interesting to see two total different styles, whereas now <clears throat> you see a karate guy doing armbar. Uh, it, it seems like it's more it's more about the individual now and less about the clash of styles, and I do miss that. I really miss it a lot. And I would say nowadays they're probably in a little bit better shape cardio-wise. I remember we watched a uh, UFC that was in Denver, Colorado, and the altitude in Denver, it took all the oxygen away from the fighters, and you could tell. And that was when they fought the tournaments where somebody might fight three times in a night. Tank Abbott was wrestling in the finals, and he was so winded at the end, he was trying to manually, like, choke somebody. Serial killer choke Yes, Yeah, serial killer style. <laughs> just throat, hands against the throat, just trying to squeeze, he like, says, why won't you it, die? I'm done. Yeah. We're going to get it done one way or another. Yeah, and uh, I do miss the tournaments, too, because yeah. you didn't know who you were going to be fighting. Right. I mean, that kind, of, that kind of made it a little bit more special. Yeah, that's one of the things I, I really uh, loved about grappling tournaments, because... You know, you never know who you're going to wind up against. And I always found that interesting. I love doing those. Well, why do you think that, like, UFC and other promotions don't hold tournaments anymore? They're illegal. Like, legality no, prevents them? Yes, yeah. Oh, I um, didn't know that. Yeah, a few years back, I don't know how they got away with it, but a show that actually held a tournament for a belt. And uh, I don't know how they didn't get from going to jail on that one because, you know, uh-huh. it's illegal for the had an amateur to do it. Yeah, there's too much chance when somebody comes back hurt or things like that of compounding an injury, those sort of things. But I do really miss the tournament. Yeah. You know, it seemed for a while that Pride was the only ones that did the open weight tournaments and just tournaments in general. I guess that's because they're in Japan or whatever, but that's interesting. Yeah, now the foreign countries, you can get away with it a lot. Um, I was actually worried back when they started hammering UFC with sanctions and rules and all this. I was actually worried that what they would do and if you recall, there was one or two UFCs. There was one held in Mexico. There was one held, I think, in Canada. Probably more held, you know, in, the, uh, in other countries. But those right. are the two that stand out. And uh, I kind of think that was power play. Wow. The UFC saying, hey, if you're going to keep messing with us, we'll take our revenue out of the country. Wow. And you won't have any say over it. Have you ever heard of anybody getting killed in one of these things? I mean, I know it's a folklore type thing. But have you personally heard of the story of somebody getting killed in the ring? Uh, well, I read a few about where an MMA fighter got killed, particularly in foreign countries. But now, personal experience, there was one. And uh, it was an amateur fighter in Kentucky. And uh, I did not see the fight. But, uh, of course, I'm, I'm an ISK rep, and I'm friends with the ISK rep over the state of Tennessee, which is Anthony Manis. Right. And he admitted to me that, you know, when I was repping my first show, he said, we got to toughen up. Because he said uh, just recently, this was last year, he said there was a fight in Kentucky where the uh, fighter kind of had some problems, just felt bad after the the fight, and he went to the hospital and he died. Apparently uh, some sort of a heart attack or something like that. And, uh, you know, there's only so much you can see wrong with a fighter in a physical before the fight. Right. And a lot of us probably have some things wrong or unaware of. And you could see where a sport that rough, it could happen. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I, I remember, I think it was uh, last year, someone was injured in a fight in Canada. And 
they later died at the hospital. I think it was either a day or two or maybe even a week later. But I just read in a headline that um, Edmonton in Canada has outlawed all types of MMA and anything fighting-oriented. WWE is safe, but they said all mixed martial arts, it's done in wow. Edmonton. Right. Um, and there's probably a lot of cases where somebody's died later that may have been related to the fight that nobody put two and two together. Now, right. Um, since you're into pro wrestling, uh, I don't know, this is going way back, Quick Draw McGraw, mm -hmm. um, his last wrestling, pro wrestling match was against Rowdy Roddy Piper. And if you actually look up that match on YouTube and watch it, uh, you know, he died right after that, I think the next day or two. And you can see why he died. He dropped him on his head like over and over and over, you know, oh. and, and so I'm sure, you know, it never was related to the match. Um, but I'm sure that you do something that rough, it's going to have its effects. But yeah, I wanted to ask you one more question before we wrap up. And this is something that I talked with you about a little briefly, and it was kind of like just out of the blue, nonchalant, and you answered it kind of nonchalant, and there was no follow-up there. But, you know, looking at your name, that last name's very, very uncommon. And we're talking about Dykstra. And I know I asked you this before. Is there any relation to the famous baseball player with the last name Dykstra? Yes, I've been told that he's a cousin in the family tree. He's off a few digits, you know, but uh, he's like, I don't know, fifth, sixth cousin or something like that. Either way, that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty I cool. I mean, he's a legend. Yeah, I'm not a big baseball fan, but all the baseball fans I'm friends with, they always make over that, you know. And I actually had a, a situation as a result of that. I was in travel. And I called in a pizza that I was going to go through the drive-thru window to get. And they said, name, you know, like when I called them pizza, I said, Charlie Dykstra. And the girl who knew nothing about MMA or uh, baseball, she wrote down Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> and when I got there, there was like a thing waiting on me. All the people had gathered. <laughs> people. And uh, apparently, they, you know, you don't get a good look at baseball players' faces because even when I got there, they still thought I was him, and That's I'm not. Awesome. I don't look anything like Lenny. Yeah. <laughs> Did you at least sign one or two autographs? <laughs> I was tempted, but no, I didn't do it. I corrected it. <laughs> well, the book is called Jonathan Ivy, the Man Behind the Monster. When's that going to be due out, and where can people pick that book up? Uh, basically, it's due in early summer. It'll just depend on how fast the, the editing process is. Three editors, one is done, which is the hard one, and then there'll be two more, and then they'll start you know, firing it up. Uh, they had to explain this to me. There is a spring something catalog that all of these dealers order out of. So basically any major book company can order the book if they don't have it in stock. It should be at Barnes and Noble. You can order it anytime on amazon.com. Uh, all of Jonathan Ivy's shows are going to have copies that are signed by both me and him at them. If somebody happens to be at a Jonathan Ivy show, uh, people probably don't care nothing about my signature, but it's kind of neat having it autographed by him. Just sign it, Lenny, and everybody will frame it. Get the baseball fan sales. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, Amazon's probably the quickest, easiest way to get it. It's also going to be out in soft and hard copy, depending on if, if you want it cheaper. Or a lot of people, you know, they collect books, they, they keep them, so they want the hard copies. But we cut a deal to where it would be out in both. Well, that's awesome. I'm sure it's going to be a great read. To talk to Charlie at ringside, he's a very interesting guy. He's a great talker, and I'm sure it's going to be an interesting book. I appreciate it. It was good talking with y'all, and uh, I enjoyed the show, and I'll definitely be around. Well, Charlie, man, I appreciate it. Once again, Charlie Dykstra's Jonathan Ivey, 
The Man Behind the Monster out early this summer on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I mean, it's probably going to be everywhere. If you're interested in a good book about MMA, pick it up. Charlie's a great guy. Jonathan's a great guy. We can't wait to read this. When you go shopping for wine, do you look at the labels? Do you stare at the price and wonder if the wine is worth the expensive tag? Well, stop it, because Wine of the Month Club has you covered. Every month, Wine of the Month Club is going to send you two bottles of high-quality wine right to your front door. And what better way to say I'm thinking of you than a subscription to the original Wine of the Month Club for a friend or a sweetheart. Each month, they'll be reminded of your thoughtfulness and will receive the monthly wine letter and newsletter binder. Recipes, wine knowledge, and great wine, and the opportunity to get more of their favorites is at hand. Give with confidence and joy, knowing that you're a part of the original Wine of the Month Club. By the way, there are no dues, no fees, no hidden charges. Cancel any time with no obligation. Just pay no more than $23.96 plus shipping for two great bottles of wine. Go there now. Sign up by visiting our link, tinyurl.com slash p3wine. That's tinyurl.com slash p3wine. The Wine of the Month Club, the original wine club since 1972. Florida Ticket Station. Your one-stop shop for discounted tickets on all of Orlando's best theme parks. Orlando. All of Orlando's local attractions. Orlando. All of Orlando's events. Fucking Orlando. All of Orlando's local attractions. Orlando. And so much more. Yeah. They offer affordable tickets to Disney World. Mickey Mouse. Universal Studios. Sea World, Legoland, everything is awesome. Bush Gardens, I don't know what that is, and so much more. But but seriously, Josh, they are licensed and insured with the state of Florida. Florida, so you can rest assured that your reservations are valid. Valid. Summer's coming and vacation times right around the corner. So go to tinyurl.com slash p3florida and book your Orlando vacation today. Today. tinyurl.com slash p3florida. p3florida. Welcome back to P3 Radio. Richard Mulliken and Josh Bradley here. No, you don't. <laughs> and Josh is miming karate. How is that? Was that a karate movie? Say no most fire. Might as well have been. I think every 80s movie was a karate movie, right? It, it always ended up in a, a karate standoff. Like a or, karate so tussle. Karate tussle. There you tussle. go. It's tarotti, uh, a, a tarotic crussle. A tarotic crussle. <laughs> yeah. I love it. You ever a been in a tarotic crussle? I know you have. I love it. I will tarotic crussle you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a hair That's going to cost us if you want to tarotic crussle me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's I just had my nails done. All right. But no, man. We were talking about peeing earlier. <laughs> we were. Not on, not on the air. Um we have like taken a few breaks. And peeing in the What are you talking about? No. Peeing in the air? No, we haven't talked about it on the air. We, But, uh, but peeing. 
Yeah, we've talked about peeing. You're a nation. Yes. Okay. No, I'm I'm Richard. I'm not a nation. You're not a nation. <laughs> Dad joke. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, right. I know uh, certain people, if you will, kind of get, get mad at us. Pee. People. P3 people. P3 people. About, uh, uh, you know, yeah, about three people. But no, I said P three pool. No, and then like I P3 made a joke. Radio. It's about three people. Yeah. Get, Anyways, people were doing it? what now? You're like the only one that would get that joke. What'd you say? I said, yeah, about three people. We get mad. Either way, <laughs> <laughs> you've literally made me forget about what. You're a nation. Yes. You're no, not I'm a Richard. nation. You're talking about urination. Yes. Peeing. Like, what do you, I mean, like, on people, or? No. Just the random act of it? Yeah, just peeing in general, because you've peed like a diabetic a diabetic patient. Like, I feel like black time boxing was all about you last week, because, or two weeks ago. I feel what? like, because you've peed so much, you've had to go potty a lot. <laughs> what did black time boxing have to do with it? It was a diabetes fundraiser oh i get it now yeah, but i'm not a go. juvenile i know the pieces fit maybe maybe you are a juvenile maybe, maybe. just girl maybe. you look good won't you <laughs> maybe i have a funny pair, funny pair. sense of humor but no i'm not a juvenile just go and party here go and party here <laughs> for Working the fifth time yeah in the, the last yeah. hour but no, we were talking about peeing, and the reason why we were talking about it was because like you were... Like a chick. I'm sorry, I had to <laughs> throw that in there. Go ahead. That's that's why we call you 10 Seconds Behind Josh. <laughs> <laughs> that was your nickname in high school. So, 10 Seconds Behind Josh, how's everybody doing? Y'all going to the party tomorrow? Uh, did y'all study? I'm doing great! <laughs> 10 Seconds Behind Josh. And the chick. Like a drama chick. I'm sorry, I had to do that. All right, well, congratulations. But we were talking about peeing earlier. But the reason why we were talking about peeing is because you were downstairs. We both have kids. And you were downstairs, you were dancing. And anytime my kid's dancing, I'm like, you got to pee, don't you? Just go pee. Just stop dancing and go pee. What are you afraid you're going to miss? You were dancing downstairs, and I'm like, you got to pee? And you're like, no. Just feel the rhythm. <laughs> it was my uh, my nervous Jesse Ventura take. So, do you know he has one like that? Do, and other people do too. I feel like see, this is why we get off track. I'm, just I'm in the middle segue. of a story. And you're like, you don't hear about Jesse Ventura's nervous well, take. Well, you, you're you're messing with me, and I'm telling you, there are other people like me to where Ventura he'll sit in a chair. <laughs> he'll sit in a chair and he'll just rock back. Speaking of chairs, you ever had a rocking chair? <laughs> I finished sorry. my story now. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So, anyways, you're dancing downstairs. <laughs> Did you have to pee? No. No. Go ahead. It was your rhythm is going to get you, like Gloria Estefan says. I had about at least two horrible jokes come to mind when you mm -hmm. said that name. Gloria Estefan. But I'm not going to say. All right. It. Well, if you'll just wait a minute, let me get through this. Power through. Let's power. <clears throat> Powering through. <laughs> no so, boat jokes. The other day, my daughter, she sees me moving around, and she's like, you got to go potty? I was like, I do. I'm trying to get to the potty. And she looks at me in all seriousness, and she goes, just put your foot on your tutu. That always helps me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, so one, I don't have a tutu, but two... 
How does putting your foot on it help? <laughs> is it like kinking the hose? What, or What I'm troubled with, how do you get your foot up there? Well, like, seriously. She's bendy. She's young. She doesn't, she hasn't been beaten down by life yet. I guess, but God almighty. <laughs> can you imagine trying to trying to locate your foot? <laughs> it's Are like, you serious? I'm trying to play footsie with my taint here. Oh, my Let's, God. See what I, happens. I'd get a cramp. I'd get a cramp about I don't know halfway up. I tore my ACL. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Trying like to put that. my foot on I my tutu. Doctor Jim Andrews to get my knee worked on. Yeah. Or something. I just thought that was funny. It was just a little throwaway something that I wanted to tell you about that my daughter said that That's was hilarious. Not throwaway. That is. Look, just just put you your foot on pee, your tutu. Put your foot on your tutu. That's <laughs> that what helps, helps me. me. <laughs> 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 the more you know. Words to live by, right? <laughs> I love it. You might think this is crazy. Can I ask you this before you, might you get think away? I'm crazy. Before you get away from it. Yep. Honestly. And and don't embellish this. Forty three. No. No. Not 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 how much uh Yep. How long it's gonna take for you to come with the comeback. <laughs> yep. Go ahead. No. <laughs> I'll be honest. Go ahead. I'll wait. What did you say when she said that? I, I just mean, laughed. Honestly, you didn't say, oh, don't say that. Or, no, I didn't. What are you talking about? No, I just laughed. <laughs> so she, she's going to repeat that like somebody probably. else and then dumbfound them. Like, my kid is hilarious, Oh, my God, dude. how you put your foot up there? Yeah, my kid is hilarious, <laughs> though, dude. She has no qualms about saying stuff like that. The other day, I was in the bathroom, and she, she said something like, what do you want me to do in the kitchen? I said, I didn't tell you to go to the kitchen. And she goes, I wasn't talking to you, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> She's five years old. <laughs> she shouldn't know stuff like this, right? Well, I mean, TV, it's it's, uh, it's a she, teacher. She That's makes sure. me laugh all the time, though, <laughs> because she'll sing songs. And she'll, like, every song. Like, we were listening to this Rob Thomas song. And it was like this little sweet song. It's like. Hold on to me, you're all I have, all I have. That's that's like the way it comes out. Yeah. And she was singing it. Hold on to me, you're all I have. <laughs> the way she's singing it, I just can't stop laughing. It's like she's just unintentionally funny. And, you know, maybe one day she might be a comic. Oh, who knows? But if, if I'm lucky, she'll be a doctor. <laughs> My daughter, my youngest daughter, yeah. is like that. Yeah. But she gets mad whenever you laugh. Oh, no. I don't understand that. It's like, I, I tell Ava all the time, I say, you are hilarious. And she just look at me with that eyebrow like, you dork. <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm so not cool, and I so should not be saying that. Yeah. At the most about her. I feel like the bad thing here is you have two daughters. <laughs> so you're like, my daughter, no, my youngest one. My older one ain't funny for nothing, but my no, youngest my one. Older, my oldest daughter, my firstborn, she is a totally different animal. She is like, we clash a lot, okay? We yeah. totally clash a lot, but it's because me and her are one and the same. And, like, if you've ever met anybody who is totally like you, and that's almost on every level, you know? Right. You clash with that person, especially kind of like a, a, a head over them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to teach right. her what she needs to be taught to succeed in life. Right. You know, as far as, 
uh, don't say that kind of shit in front of somebody. They'll just laugh at you. And and <laughs> don't do that. You know, this this will happen. They're only laugh at you. Not like They're that. They're laugh at you. But I just try to tell her what she needs to know. Right. And a lot of times we clash. And after I get all mad and huffed up and all that, I, I realize, I was like, man, you know, when I'm away. Right. Man, you were the exact same way. You thought the exact same way. Why are you getting pissed off? And that's where I'm kind of at a standstill. I don't know how to to not be that way. Like with my my other two, it's a totally different deal because they're like my youngest. She's like me, but at the same time, she's not. Well, you she, know, she made like a whole a whole a whole lot of better. <clears throat> like decisions as far as um, now I'm saying being 10 going on 11 yeah. years old but just she's, she's already made way better life decisions dude, than no me. as far as the maturity level and all that yeah she's totally I'm talking about way ahead even when I was 15 16 years she's old she's going to be the one that puts you in the good home she is the one yeah. that I'm going to give my bank account information to <laughs> <laughs> all that she's the one right. but like my dog my young my oldest i am so much like her that like i said it's just we clash a whole lot and that's you know that's because i feel like she's doing the same things that i did right at that age you know it's just i'm trying to look out for her. yeah i would say that when we were younger the only clashes we had when we were so much alike we didn't have any real like falling out when we were kids really i mean just with other people but yeah not us but i mean we had we'd have our little arguments and disagreements but for the most part i mean we were so much alike that it wasn't even funny it's different when you're dealing with uh, somebody you got to raise well that and you know male a male to male relationship is totally different from a male to a female it, whether it be father, I daughter. I know what they're going to tell you. <laughs> well, no, it's not that. It's when somebody's like you totally. Right. When somebody's totally like you as far as the way you kind of think. You know what I mean. With, yeah. With a, with, a, with a daughter or son or whoever. But I just have a daughter. Whenever. That I know of. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Uh, Pro Wrestler. Yeah, uh, I might have one in every kind of mid south town. <laughs> At least you'll have one in yeah. Ripley, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, that's you, that's a heat seek. Right. Thanks. How you doing, Ripley, Tennessee? Yeah. Thank you. But when you're raising somebody who's just like you, you kind of know how they're thinking as yeah. far as the way they rationalize certain things and stuff. And I think that's why I'm a little more harder on her is because I know the way she is and the way she kind of rationalizes stuff. Yeah. But like like I said, my youngest, she's totally different. She's a, she's a lot like me in some ways, but as far as being mature and decision-making, she's 10 steps ahead of me from when I was that age. Then that, uh, you can't complain, you know? Is she the only one that you don't have, like, tattooed on you? Yes. Oh, (laughs) that's got to make her feel good. Well, she's asked me, you know, Dad, why what you got me? And first of all, I don't know where I'd put your name. (laughs) 
because I can't make a bracelet because that's kind of, you know. And yeah. I would have to kind of ex-nay the two that I have now to make another one somewhere else if there was... For all the listeners, if this makes air... <laughs> it won't. <laughs> There's a lot of rambling going on. Well, fuck it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I have my children's t- names tattooed. It's on, weird because uh, they're on his dick. It's <laughs> Along with the alphabet. Yeah. After. When he fucks a girl, he's like, I'm going to put my kids in you. <laughs> hey, look, dude, I swear. I seen a guy. I seen a guy in one porno. I swear to you. I swear to God. This motherfucker had have a nice day written on his cock. Sharpie I'm talking about the whole, not no damn have and then nice and then day. On the, no, all the way across. It was in bubble letters. <laughs> this dude, I'm for real. This is the damnedest shit I've ever seen in my life. I know that's crazy going talking from kids to that. <laughs> I feel like ever, that's a theme with P3 Radio. Let's put them together and have a red soap on <laughs> Put them together and we'll get some ratings. Well, oh, Jesus. well, the sound of that song means that we have reached the end of another episode of P3 Radio. We'd like to thank Charlie Dykstra for being a part of today's show. Follow us on Facebook at Pop Poncho, on Twitter at P3 Radio, and on YouTube at P3 Radio. And as always, you can listen to us right here on SoundCloud and iTunes. For Josh Briley, this is Richard Mulligan saying thanks and good night. <laughs>